2: Hey, this is Linda Cohn from ESPN, and you're listening to the ML
3: Sports Platter.
0: The ML Sports Platter is back with you all over the major platforms, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Deezer, anywhere else you get your pods on your smartphone device. Please do download, subscribe, leave feedback and a five-star review. Share it wherever you can, Facebook, Twitter, and elsewhere. Instagram. It helps an awful, awful lot. We are brought to you by our great friends at Empower Federal Credit Union, Stanley Law Offices, Bryant & Stratton College, and Bear Creek Restaurant. If you are in and around Central New York, man, you've got to stop off to the Bartell Road exit in Brewerton and go see my friends Mike and Jackie at Bear Creek Restaurant. This place has got unbelievable food the bing bang boom shrimp for the appetizer you can get the shrimp scampi there's buy one get one burger night if you know when you dine in on Wednesdays they've got all the local breweries that you can imagine or want on tap in the bottle and in the can as well and don't forget about those chicken riggies my wife is literally the chicken riggy expert and she says that the, the, the you know basically they're the best in central new york so get over there for the chicken riggies the shrimp scampi the cheesesteak the delicious reuben which was heralded uh, uh, as one of the best sandwiches in in Central New York uh, at the Old Brewerton Diner. They've kept that alive as well. So Bear Creek Restaurant, getting it done. Mike, Jackie, and the crew, awesome stuff. Go like their Facebook page and check out all the new creations by Mike as well. He came up with a Thanksgiving soup. Right around Thanksgiving time, it was insane. It was turkey and stuffing and potatoes and the broth was delicious. All homemade at Bear Creek Restaurant, a proud ML Sports Platter sponsor. Well, I am absolutely thrilled and delighted to talk some Buffalo Bills football with our next guest. It is Drew Gear. He does an awesome, awesome job uh, with the Rockpile Report. It's a professional podcast on the Buffalo Bills. It's hosted by Drew Gear and produced by Chris Gruger. Uh, and you can get them on Twitter at Rockpile Report. It's a member of the Blue Wire Pod Network, and uh, they do just a terrific job. Awesome logo, again, on Twitter at Rockpile Report. Drew Gear, welcome aboard. Thanks for coming on, man. How are you?
2: We're doing good. We actually just aired our. We Festivus grievances. We do a Festivus show right before Christmas every year where we help not only ourselves, but our fellow Bills fans get their Bills grievances off their chest because it really is therapeutic.
0: How far can this Bills team go in the playoffs? I mean, realistically, because now the narrative has changed, expectations <coughs> gulp are actually out there for a Bills team that I thought was a playoff team. I never imagined this. What are we dealing with here?
2: Well, I'll tell you what you're dealing with. You're dealing with a team who, it was slow growth. When the season first got started, we looked at this team and said, okay, you you beat a Jets team. I remember I, I had to drink a Seagram's wine cooler because in game one to start the season, I didn't believe Josh Allen could throw for 300 yards. And he had that by the middle of the third quarter. This team has evolved in terms of how it plays offense and how our defensive core. Later understands the pieces on the defense that he has at his disposal. I think everyone thought that the defense would pick up where it left off and I think that might be the biggest disconnect because in historically it's been when the bills have been good it's the defense that carries the team and the offense just doesn't screw things up. this year it's kind of got, that, that script got flipped on its head and you have a Buffalo Bills team with a Josh Allen who's scoring. But when he's throwing in the high 60s for percentage, he's like about 68%. I mean, I know since week seven, they're number two in yards per game, number two in points per game, number two in point differentials. Josh Allen is the first 4,000-yard quarterback since Drew uh, since uh, Drew Bledsoe back in 2004, which underscores just how far he's come in a short time here. And I think that's what – when you're talking about what this team can do in the postseason – they started off as a very imperfect product. Their offense didn't quite know what to do in all phases of the game. Bloodso
0: was 0-2 with that. Okay, so Bledsoe
2: was O two. Yep. So when he well, when he had his career year, it was 0-4. because that was the year we almost made the playoffs and then we lost to the Steelers backups. I remember it's the Willie
0: Parker game. I'll never. Oh yeah, that that was a killer game. Yeah, all they had to do. Yeah, exactly. All they had to do was win that game. Yep. <laughs> they gutted
1: me. So now,
2: where this started was you talking about a Josh Allen who this offense kind of had to cobble together what it was going to be. But they won. They kept stacking wins even as they were trying to figure out who they were. And then the defense was really the liability. Early on, you saw teams like the Dolphins and the Jets hanging 20, 30 points on Buffalo. Now, as we go down the stretch... This defense has found its identity. Leslie Frazier has
1: identified how he has to orchestrate these pieces in order to make them work. Brian
2: Dable has done the same thing, and in concert, they've been working together so that in third quarters, which is one of the which was one of their weaknesses all year, they were the worst third quarter team, despite being the best first quarter offense and the best fourth quarter offense. They were one of the worst in football coming out of halftime. Brian Dable, all of a sudden it was like a light bulb went on probably about a month ago. Since then, in the month of December, they're plus 31 in third quarters, which tells you that the defensive coordinator has figured out how to shut out opposing offenses coming out of halftime because they're making good adjustments. And the offensive coordinator has figured out how to, okay, I've I've taken what the defense has to give me. I'm going to analyze that, break it down, and come back with a game plan to attack it. That, combined with the talent, and just Josh Allen's, I don't know what you want to call it, but he's got this Maximus in the movie gladiator type quality where he's going to come out and slay everything in front of him. That mentality combined with good coordinating as the season ramps up, right now the Buffalo Bills are playing the most complete football they've played. So a run in the playoffs, it's a a thing. It's a thing here now because I don't know who out there actually poses a threat to us when we are firing on all cylinders like
0: this. Okay, so the word "complete" is is a great word for this team because when you go from where they were to where they are now, everything starts to come together, right? It's like the McBean team and the culture, but then all the draft picks and even the bosses and the, you know, the the Taron Johnsons and the you know the the guy Epinesa and Klein and all these different guys who they committed to, they didn't give up on. They give their players a chance, and the Diggs trade, and Deion Dawkins gets the big contract, and look at how amazing he's been, and the versatility of a John Feliciano. I mean, you can go on and on and on. When he's healthy, Milano and Edmonds, and they. I think they have the best safeties in the NFL. I've said that for three years. With all those things being said, Cole Beasley in the slot, and we, can go, we know, we go on and on with the, the amount of things that have gone right that used to not go right, and we know that it all starts quarterback, head coach, and front office. Was it, though, the digs move? I mean, is that the one that you think guys spiraled everything else to happen? Like, they get digs, and all of a sudden now, Beasley's more effective. And the draft pick of Gabe Davis becomes bigger because he's a threat in the red zone, right? And, and now, because you can score more, the defense has less pressure. And Allen now can have that deep threat and that number one. And the offensive line can be better because Allen can get rid of the ball qu- quicker to a better guy who can get separation. What Was it ultimately the digs move that, that led the dominoes to go into each other with everything else?
3: I think that with the digs move, you get digs. The dude can attack all three levels. He can run deep. He can run over the middle. He can he can juke a guy out of his shoes for a quick five-yard out, and I, at least for me, that I think that opens the door up for John Brown, one-on-one coverage, and. You get better routes with Beasley. I mean, he's just a complete wide receiver running routes on all three levels. To to kind of build off what he's just said,
2: Stephon Diggs, when you go back to that trade, I'm not not a proud man, so I'm willing to admit when I screw up or when I do things that are embarrassing. When I found out we traded for him, I was on the toilet. And I sat there for (laughs) so long that my legs went numb. My, My legs went numb. And I had to crawl out into the hallway. <laughs> Not I'm married. My wife is laying on the couch, and she looks at me and goes, Idiot, what are you doing? Why are you still me? shitting? Go,
0: why are you still shitting, dude? She yeah. goes,
2: why are, you on the, why are you on the ground? And I go, honey, the bills just got Stefan Diggs. And she goes, is that supposed to be good? Yeah. And I just rolled over and laid in the hallway and just laid on my phone, waiting for the blood to flow back into my legs so I could... Get back up, and but I was just engrossed in this because I knew it was a monster move for this franchise. And you watched that play out. Now, we talked about it just here in the Denver Broncos game 259 yards combined between Diggs and Beasley, they combined for first 14 first downs and hit an 82.6% completion percentage when they were targeted. He draws so many eyeballs. I mean, he made his first Pro Bowl of his career. You think about him being such an established receiver. He was never a Pro Bowl candidate until he came to Buffalo and started playing with a quarterback like Josh Allen, who has bought into what Diggs is. Diggs is an alpha. Diggs is the guy who isn't going to make problems if he doesn't get the ball. But every down he's telling Josh, hey, if you need to throw it, look at me. Look at me, see where I am, because I promise you I won't let you down. And that dynamic has led to the two of them both making the Pro Bowl for the first time in their careers together. That dynamic, it was magic by Bean. It was a great trade. I, I, don't, I don't even think he could have seen it going this well. Diggs now has his highest career total for yardage. But when you watch the in-game impact, like you just said, 14 first downs between Diggs and Beasley – they're giving Allen quality targets on must have throws. And Diggs is a guy who can go out there and he can make the, the he can make absurd catches look kind of routine, which is almost what Allen needed considering now that he's more accurate than he's ever been in his career, he's still prone to throwing a ball or two up where you need someone to go get it. Diggs has been that guy. And the synergy between the two of them, it's you're
0: seeing it play out in our record. We're uh, on the ML Sports Platter here with the guys from Rockpile Report, terrific Buffalo Bills, insiders, and podcasters at Rockpile Report on Twitter, Drew Gear and Chris Kruger, not to be confused with Ralph Kruger and uh, a member of the Blue Wire Pods Network. I- if they make noise in the postseason, we all know that this is a. A Bills team that you know has been checking boxes under the regime, right? The McBean team. It was okay. Break the drought. Boom. Check the box. Um, you know, get statement wins. AFC East. Get Brady out of the division. Statement wins in the AFC, NFC. Uh, win the division, right? Check. Now the next box that's empty that's ready for a check mark is win a playoff game, and then there's other boxes and we know what those are. Well, if they extend past win a playoff game and there's some kind of possibility where the Bills go to Arrowhead and they play the Kansas City Chiefs for the right (laughs) I can't even believe I'm saying this for the right to go to the Super Bowl in Tampa. What does that rematch look like for you guys from a strategical standpoint from a Josh Allen playoff big stage standpoint? How does that look to you against Mahomes and company?
2: (laughs) Well that's that's here's, here's we have the unlucky I guess situation where we finally found what looks to be the Buffalo Bills' next franchise quarterback, and it just happened to coincide with another, this is like a Jim Kelly, Dan Marino, but we're on the other end of it. right? Some of team has the Jim Kelly, and we have the Dan Marino, and we're just hoping that we can make it work. Patrick Mahomes is everything. You saw it on Sunday night, again, the, the, the game against the Saints. He was unflappable. You know the, the Saints look like they're going to come back and win that football game, and they say, "Okay, we have them right where we want them. All we have to do is stop them from scoring." Yeah, but you can't. Right? But you you actually can't stop him from going down the field. That's it. You go to the Miami Kansas City game. They have them right where they want them. Mm-hmm. They're about to get the ball back and maybe go on a game-winning drive. All you have to do is stop them, and you can't.
0: Stop them. Titans, Texans, 49ers in the playoffs last year. Super Bowl, same thing. Up double digits three teams. Can't do it. Can't stop them.
2: Stop When the floodgates opened in that game, that was like the Walking Dead season premiere Mm. where Negan came through with a baseball bat and cleaned house. That's how badly they hammered the Texans in that game. That's what that team is capable of because they have the most elite quarterback in the NFL right now. And yet, I think... I like how the pundits nationally are saying the bills are the the bills have the biggest opportunity I think the reason for that is because our defense we're more dynamic in a lot of different aspects than a lot of other teams in the afc you're looking at a Pittsburgh Steelers defense right now that has carried them to 11 wins but can't get them any farther when their offense breaks down
3: mm-hmm.
2: but you're talking about a bills team where we're offense our offense is playing at a very high level Maybe the second highest to the Kansas City Chiefs in terms of efficiency, in terms of just dynamic plays. I mean, we had a guy who Jake Kumaro, this against the uh, the Denver Broncos. He hasn't been targeted for a pass in almost a calendar year. <laughs> Josh Allen finds him for a touchdown. He's a like, man. Eh, I trust that long haired guy. I don't know him. I've never seen him before. But screw it. I think I can throw that ball in there. Mm-hmm. That's the confidence Josh Allen is playing with. And when he's on, the way when he's on, and the level he's playing at right now, he could challenge the Mahomeses of the world with the weapons we have. And our defense, I'd argue, is more dynamic than what the Chiefs are bringing to the table. They have a couple premier pass rushers, but their secondary and their linebacker core is weak, which is where we're strong. And I think that on the whole, if you were to match us up right now, Let's say it was this Sunday. If you called it a two-and-a-half-point game, I'd take the Bills.
0: Two-and-a-half-point game, I'd take the Bills. Huh. So are you? do you guys think then that if, for as far as the Bills go in the postseason, do you think it's going to be the offense that makes the big difference or the defense? Because we're in an offensive world – and I know what you're saying with the defense being dynamic. I mean, they have guys who are healthy. We know Milano and Edmonds are monsters when they're 100%. I mean, there's no doubt. And Jerry Hughes has been a monster this year. You've got Takeaway Trey. You've got Poyer and Hyde who just seem to, to know exactly the situa- every single situation. Those guys know how to handle it. I also think the Bills' defense on third down has been unbelievable compared to a couple years past. And so the offense, too. I mean, that's the other big thing with the Bills. They're doing the big things that playoff teams do that make deep runs. I mean, you're getting off, you have a great red zone offense, you're getting off the field on third down in defense, you're, you know, third and eight throws, Allen's making them, those kinds of things. But if they go deep, as far as they go, will it be the offense or the defense that's a more important unit? I think we were talking about this on our show,
3: about how Beasley, Diggs, and uh, John Brown could kind of resemble Lofton, Reed, and Beebe from the early nineties. I kind of think we might have the horses to keep up with Mahomes. I think it's gonna would come down to just like one defensive play and we might I don't know Drew, sure we
2: might have that advantage well, and that's it. when you're looking for an edge, what you're talking about is who which team can go down the field in a handful of plays. Now obviously Kansas City, they're much more polished in that regard. They have a much for, for everything Brian Dayball is Andy Reid is so good Mm. at orchestrating that offense. So they'll go down the field in three plays and hang a touchdown on it. Do you have an offense that can respond? And I think the Buffalo Bills have shown over the course of this season that they can hold tit for tat with anybody who wants to try to outscore. Think back to that Rams game, Mike. That Rams game. How confident were you, Mike, that the Buffalo Bills, hey, we stayed the huge lead, then we lost but the way they marched down,
0: did you not believe that they couldn't go score one more? I, I felt that they could, but I'm, I'm not going to lie. I, there's still this feeling. Now there's not as much because they've just done it over and over. Allen with the ball late. You're like, yeah, okay, that's my guy. You know when I felt really good? I felt really good in the Arizona game. Because I, I texted all my buddies on a thread and I said, we got this. I'm like, Allen's going to take him down and that's going to be it. And, of course, we know what happened with, with, with the with the end of the game and the Hell Murray and all that. But I felt way better with the, with the Cardinal game than the Ram game, you know? Of the clock. Mm. All
2: Allen screwed up was he left 30 seconds
0: of the clock. True. No, no, no. I mean, he right. doesn't do that.
2: No. But you can't put that throw to Diggs. Oh, that is a, That's a playoff game oh, when God. you throw. Oh, yeah. On a final
0: drive to go with a dynamic game like that. But here's what I was getting at. Here's what I was getting at. <laughs> There's still a little bit of me. I'm 41 years old. I don't know how old you guys are, but you you know where I'm going with this. There's still a little bit of me until they keep doing it over and over and over again like they have this year. There's a little bit of Buffalo in me. And what I mean by that is not negative, but it's the realistic, oh, God, Casparitis is going to score. Oh, God, wide right. Oh, God. Skate in the crease, oh, God, Patriots are going to come back, oh, God, Uh, what's next, oh, boy, you know, Music City Miracle, oh, God, there's still a little bit of Buffalo at the end of games, and we know that, like, it's, it's just never easy with this team, but since that game, I've actually, like, a lot of that has disappeared with this team, I mean, this is the first time I felt like, holy crap, this is like, this is like special stuff going on with the Buffalo Bills, man, you know, like, my confidence level feels pretty good right now.
2: All one hundred percent. Chris, am I or am I not one of the most negative people to watch games with? The most negative. <laughs> so, so it's a fellow season ticket holder saying that to me, here. It's I'm I feel you, Mike. I hear everything you're saying, and yet over the course of the last month, I've been I've been in the best mood ever on yeah. game days. Yeah, because I'm watching this play out, and I'm optimistic, and I've I've learned to embrace this. Now, I'm 35. I've been a 10-year season ticket holder.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I've watched some atrocities. That's <laughs> planned over the course of my lifetime, over the course of my being a season ticket holder, and just those long walks out to the oh. car, out to the truck, after a, just a flop of a game. I've, yeah. I've done them all. This team has done so much to eradicate that from me that I don't even feel it anymore. Hmm. And I think that as they especially now, knowing what's at stake, being the number two seed right now, and don't believe it, if you win now you're gonna have that at your disposal, I feel like you I don't know, feel like that's gonna do a lot for some of the people who feel like you, who aren't sure yet. You're still debating whether or not you're all in or whether or not you can trust. I think that the next two weeks are gonna illustrate, hey, you're playing two subpar teams. We just watched them handily dispatch one. Mm -hmm. They're going to continue doing it. And I think that that's going to be the theme for them when they get to the postseason, is that if you're not here and you're not a complete football team and you're not coached, Sean McDermott gets lost in all of this. He is the glue that holds this whole thing together. We did a show with Reed Ferguson, our festival show. Reed Ferguson came on after that Broncos win. To talk about the dynamic in that locker room and how we were all excited, but Coach reminded us we're not done. Yeah. So everyone, hey, have your fun, enjoy this, but it's not over. It's almost bill check-in, wouldn't you say, Chris? Yeah, it is. Well, he, he uh, wanted these guys to enjoy the moment, but hey, listen, don't get ahead of yourselves because you haven't won anything
0: yet. Yeah. Yeah, and that culture thing—that culture thing—is so real. I had Lorenzo Alexander around a couple of weeks ago, and he went on and on about this, just how real it really is in Buffalo with McDermott and 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 that whole thing, and how it's just culture. It's just plastered in that locker room, man.
2: And so, hearing that from a player that after one of the franchise's biggest accomplishments in almost a quarter decade,
0: mm-hmm.
2: oh, in a quarter decade, quarter century, yeah, okay. twenty-five years. You know when, when we're talking about the defense, they're like the Spartan phalanx. They're, the sum of their whole is better than their individual parts. Jordan Poyer didn't get voted into the Pro Bowl, but he's one of the best strong safeties in football. Together, all of these moving parts of this Bill defense is one of the best defenses in football, most opportunistic defenses in football. <laughs> Individually talented, but together they're all stars. It's the same thing now on the offense, which we never had before. And when those two things work in concert together, this team is a monster. And now we're sitting in the second spot in the AFC. And you got to think to yourself, if we went out and we get this, and we have back-to-back home games, how many teams can come into Buffalo, travel into cold-weather games, and handle what this team is capable of throwing at them?
0: Okay, final one for you guys. How important is it for the Sabres that the Bills are having wild success? Because it does exist in markets. One team starts to win, they push the other team or teams. In this case, there's two major teams in the city of Buffalo. Is this a big deal? Especially, by the way, that both teams are owned by the same people. Is this important? The bill's success for the Sabers to eventually break the nine-year playoff drought and have a little bit of success. They just got Taylor Hall. Is I mean, the Bills. Do you think that the Bills will help the Sabers? I think they will because of. I mean,
3: let's face it, Ralph Kruger. Excellent last name. <laughs> excellent last name. He is. He is when he was with Edmonton. You know, I liked him with Edmonton. He was the only head coach to get anything out of Nail Yakupov, who was by all means a first-round, first overall bust. And I think Ralph Kruger's biggest attribute that he brings to the Sabres is something they haven't had, which is communication. I mean, he is, I think, one of the best communicators as a head coach. And I just hope
1: that he's going to – I hope that – him and Kevin Adams are going to be able to work together
3: because, you know, it, it might be one of those situations where we just hired Adams as the GM, so it might be like one of those things where it's, well, I'm going to keep him around for a year and see how it is and then get rid of him to get my own guy because that's never, I think, across all sports, it's like never a good thing when you get into that situation where you, you have a head coach, but you fire the GM, and then you bring in a new GM, to kind of work with the head coach. The Bills and Browns have done that more than any NFL franchises
2: over the last 20 years, and you can look at our playoff history and that speaks for itself. That pattern of behavior for a franchise doesn't work. But with, I defer to Chris on matters of hockey, to be honest. Like, I'll say this, as the layperson, my wife actually loves hockey, and probably she would argue she she knows more about it than I do. I was washing my hands at work the other day. Just in the bathroom, washing my hands, and all of a sudden I looked in the mirror and I realized, we traded for Taylor Hall. <laughs> or no, we signed Taylor Hall and we traded for, uh, what's his face? Oh my God. We traded for somebody, we signed Taylor Hall, and then we also have Eric Stahl. Yeah. And I thought to myself, when did this happen? I forgot about it. In the euphoria of the bill season, I forgot that the Sabres made some moves. For some veteran guys who actually make a difference, and I start thinking about that, and I think about what that means to this hockey team. What I know is that this team has been desperate for so long to be relevant. They've had streaks, they've been nationally relevant for spurts, and then they've died, and the league just walks away from them because that's what the NHL is. Now, I mean, the NHL—they have such. I mean, think about the. Chris, they're not the most affluent sports league. No. So they're kind of beholden to this thing where whoever's hot, you got to cater to them because that's what's going to make money right now. The Sabres always seem to have their like 10 game run and then they fade. And when they fade, everyone ignores them. This year, I almost just, I'd rather see them come out with slow, sustained success, sort of in the McDermott bowl. Rather than one of these streaky, hey, the, the, the Sabers are fourteen and zero, and then they go seventeen and twenty over the next. You know what I mean, like, how long have you been covering the Sabers?
0: Uh, I mean, look, I've been going to games forever. I mean, I went to the old odd. I, I was there for the, I was there for Game Three of the '99 uh, Stanley Cup Finals. I think that was the brilliant. 12 shots on goal for the Sabres against the Stars. Um, I did internships at, uh, you know, Empire Sports Network and St. Bonaventure, and then after I got done with that, um, several, I mean, several Stanley Cup playoff series. I mean, probably, I mean, if if you include interning in college and going to games and doing some reporting and all the rest, I mean, you know, you'd go back almost 20 years at this point.
2: Okay, so when you look at the collection of talent, and I feel bad because I'm asking you questions on your show. Please do. But... But when you look at this collection of Sabers talent, you've got a Jack Eichel who, honestly, he's a more... If you could compare him to some of the guys like Mitch Marner in the league, I'd rather have a Jack Eichel. I would rather have a kid like him versus a small, flighty player, and there's a million guys like him. Jack Eichel is a singular talent in the NHL. You can have a guy like him you have a guy like a Sam Reinhardt on the team with a Taylor Hall, and with these veterans they brought in. Now, I don't know what they've done to show up the blue line, but with the moves they've made, don't you feel a little bit like this team almost has to be better? It almost has to be. Based on the maturity of the pipeline that we've established, based on just what we have that we're going to put on the ice in the opening night, this team almost has to be better than the iteration we've fielded in the last two years, right?
0: Yeah, and I think a lot of it base is based on goaltending and Skinner. I mean, if Skinner can come back, you know, to what he—not even what he was, but seventy-five percent of what he was—and Hall comes in and delivers some, and you've got a couple of guys, you know, I think depth. I think depth is going to be a big deal, you know, depth in scoring, depth in defense. If they can get a little bit of that and they get a little bit better in goaltending, they could make a playoff run. The division's going to be brutal. But yeah, they should be, look, the product on the ice should be better. It should be better.
2: And so with that in mind, with the Bills being good, that extra motivation to be like, hey guys, it's not impossible that we could go from also Rams to something special, that could bleed over to the hockey department, correct?
0: Yeah, I mean, again, in in, in market, one team, you know, pushing the other, for sure. Man, I,
3: I, I hope that this plays out. Chris, how confident? How confident are you? I mean, I'm kind of confident. I mean, I believe in Ralph Kruger solely on his last name and his <laughs> ability to communicate. But I mean, I mean, one of my gripes with the the Sabers over the last couple of years, and it's something that I've I've told you because you give up on players on the Sabers but way too soon.
2: Because I don't understand hockey.
3: Exactly, but it's it's the complete opposite of football. You have you have the mental capable mental capability of learning a playbook, which is the probably the number one attribute for NFL player because you already come in. Physically capable to play football? Yes, because you're already 20, you 23, 24 when you come into the NFL. In the NHL, you get drafted at eighteen, and the way these kids have been performing in juniors and in college, you're if you're a top ten pick, you're generally coming into the league to start at eighteen, where you're not as physically capable to play NHL hockey because mentally, NHL is easier than uh, football. It's the complete opposite. So you like. I know for you, you give up on uh, players way too, way too early with the Sabers. But I, I just want to see consistency, continuity. I mean, you have being in McDermott; they've been here for four years, so they've built something. And it, you know, it starts at the top of Pagula and trickles down to the GM, to the coach, of so the organization. It's structurally sound, and then that bleeds over to the players, and they perform on the ice. Well you know, this is, hopefully the hockey department can replicate
0: that. Yeah, there's no doubt. Push One one team pushes the other. And, and look, I mean, I've always said it for a long time. You know, in a market you, you, you figure out, like, well, what team is king? And, and, obviously, you could probably just say, well, it's the Bills because of the NFL and all the rest. But people nationally don't understand when that Sabres team is going on a cup run and that building is the way it is and you're in in June, and you're in the East Semis, and people are outside tailgating in downtown Buffalo, man. It is a freaking scene, and uh, people love their hockey in Buffalo, And, and when they're not in the playoffs, go look at the ratings. We know how much they love it, and if the Sabres got good at the same time the Bills were good, oh, baby what would happen in, in Western New York. Well, this has been incredible. Rockpile Report, of course, is a part of the Blue Wire Pods network. Go get these guys on Twitter, at Rockpile Report, our good buddies, Drew Gear and Chris Krueger. Guys, thanks so much for talking a little, Bills, and, uh, of course, the Sabres at the end. Continued success. Have a happy, safe, healthy New Year, and hopefully when we talk again, we're going to be talking about something pretty cool. Take care. Absolutely. Thanks. Fun little conversation with the guys there. The ML Sports Platter is brought to you by our great friends at Stanley Law Offices, Pelleric Contracting, and the Vince Aguera Consulting Group, as well as our friends over at Ken's Auto Detail in Route 11 and Cicero. If you're in and around Central New York, make sure you get to Ken's for that A to Z car detail. It's terrific over there. You will drive off the lot and literally feel like you drove a brand new car away. Ken and his staff are unbelievable. A to Z detail, terrific car details at Ken's Auto Detailing. Gift cards are available for all of your upcoming holidays and events in 2021. Thanks again to the guys from the Rock Pile Report. I'm Mike Lindsley. This is the ML Sports Platter all over the major platforms. And as I always tell you, enjoy the games.
1: Hello, this is Discover, and we take customer service very seriously. We know that if you have a question or concern about your credit card, that's a serious matter. And you need to talk to a real person about it. So we offer around-the-clock access to seriously talented representatives in the USA. Again, it's a serious endeavor. The only funny thing about it is Bob. If you call us and Bob answers, you're in for a treat. Get 100% US based customer service and talk to a real person day or night. Discover Exceptionally Common Sense. You know when you order a new video game, or a golf club, or a blender, and then it arrives at your door, you get a little thrill. Imagine how much more thrilling it is when you order a new car. With Nissan at home, you can shop for the perfect ride and order it without ever having to go anywhere. Sure beats a golf club or a blender. Buy a new car entirely online with Nissan at home. Deliver direct from dealer to driveway. Thrill starts here. Services may vary at participating dealers subject to applicable law. See dealer for details.
3: Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.